Hey guys, what's up? This is Lizzie Jane and you're tuning in to another episode of the EXO podcast. I had the absolute pleasure sitting down with Gravitz. He is an artist, multi-instrumentalist, producer, singer, and songwriter from Buffalo, New York. He has so many feet and so many different doors of this industry. Nick is critically acclaimed for working with artists such as Deadmau and Rez, being a writer and composer for Ultra Publishing. He's working on an album currently, so that is coming so soon. It was just amazing to hear his story, what's coming next, some advice. I don't know. It was just a great conversation. I had been wanting to sit down and have the chance to talk with Nick for a long time. So when we could make it happen at Lost Land, I was so excited to finally meet him. He is someone who, if you're not familiar with him, you absolutely should be. You know, check out his credits, check out all the work he's done for other artists as well as his own project. He really exists in a lane of his own. And um, I'll leave it there because this conversation is A1. I really, really enjoyed it. Without further ado, this is Lizzie Jane. You get exclusive first looks, ad-free podcasts, bloopers, sample packs, vocal packs, and more all on my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane. Just go check it out. We have an awesome little community growing there. You get opportunities to talk to some of my guests one-on-one. It's it's a cool ordeal. And we're doing some partnerships coming up that are very exciting for 2022 that I cannot wait to tell you about. Without further ado, this is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning into the EXO Podcast. <laughs> Oh, it's not even recording. There you go. Um, but thank you for coming on today, Nick. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for it's everyone listening. I know, finally. I was like looking at the lineup and I said, okay, this is my short list. I want, we're going to reach out to this person, this person, this person. You were like a long shot. I was like, he's not even going to see my DM. And then you responded. I was like, let's Come go. On Come let's on. Let's do now. it. Right next door. I know. Right next door. I walked over. Exactly. Made it happen. <laughs> for everyone listening, this is Gravitz. What's up? What's up? From Buffalo, New York? Buffalo, New York. There we go. That's where I'm at now, too. That's awesome. Yeah, I is left it, LA. Is it, uh, okay, so you were in for LA for a while. I was in LA for six years. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so that must be a change, going to LA. Buffalo. It's slower. Yeah. Go, it's yeah. slower. But Not in my head or in the studio, but outside of all of that. In general life. I'm from Tampa, Florida, so okay. I, it's like not that slow, however... It's not like being in L.A. where I enjoy. No, no. But I've visited in L.A. for long periods of time. I used to do acting when I was a kid out there and like Burbank and shit. So I like know the L.A. lifestyle, not so much as like an EDM producer, but more so just as like person in the entertainment industry where it's like really awesome to be around it. But I feel like it can also mold you into a person that you're potentially not. And if you want to take that route, yeah, you can yeah, very easily. Yeah, and and I like having house, and I like having a dog, and having yeah. a studio, and having my space. A little space, yeah. Because when I go there and visit friends, they are in something that is about, it looks like 20 by 20. And it's you've got big cities. Oh, tough. yeah. No, absolutely. You've got, like, your kitchen, your bathroom, and your bed all in the same room. Mm-hmm. And but studio. That's the grind, I guess, you know? Yeah, I mean, I definitely value a little bit of space, a little bit of more uh, land and greenery. Yes. Now. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I feel like that's helps with like inspiration from a certain facet too, to be able to have room to like breathe. Sure. But it's also cool to be around 
a lot of like creative minds. That's why you got to go back yeah. in yeah. spats. Yeah. In yes. Short little jaunts. I've been trying to go back and just, you know, this year, 2022 coming up, I'm, I'm definitely going to focus on getting a spot that I could just go for longer stretches of time, you know, like yes. go to LA for a month. Mm-hmm. That's not going to fuck you up, but yeah, no, it's, it's going to give you all the good things without, you know, exactly. Like you go there with a mission, like this is what I'm here to do. Yep, yep. Not going to lollygag. This is going to be it. So when you were in LA, so you were there for six years, you said yeah, downtown. So did you, was this like the beginning of your career that you started in LA or were you a musician for a very long time? I've been a musician forever. Okay. I moved to LA when I got my first, um, I got my first sync in a major TV show. Sweet. What show was that? Uh, CSI. Okay. Yeah, it was when they were doing the spinoff of CSI Cyber with Patricia Arquette. I used to watch that shit all the time. Yeah. It's brilliant. So weirdly, through my dad uh, knows, one of my dad's friend's cousins married um, this guy, Anthony Zyker, who created the whole show. Like, okay. From, yeah. From the first episode. Um, and I just got to send him some of my music, and he really liked it. And, and then I sent him a playlist that I made specifically for CSI. And they, like all the whole first four or five got synced into the show. So it was just a big, you know, I wasn't published or anything at that time. It was just all of, it all went to me. So it was just more than I knew how to kind of handle at that time. And I was like, okay, this is a real thing. It's going to be a real career. I had no idea what a sync was or how much money there could potentially be in it. So then I was just hauled ass to LA. Yeah. (laughs) And we were just, I had Must Die on earlier and we were talking about sync deals and that's really one of the only ways that you can make a substantial amount off strictly your music yeah right yeah. now in today's world so to have that like so long ago is like that's like your foot in well that provides sure. you with like the financial backing mm-hmm. to at least support like what you want to do yeah for when a period you, of time yeah sure. definitely like when you came to la did you I mean, did you always want to do like scoring work or were you just kind of putting your foot in the door, seeing what stack, like all that? Always that. Always putting my foot wherever I could put it, but um, always loved cinema, film, uh, music and film. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved that as a kid. That's how I got turned on to a lot of music was through film or television or whatever. Um, so. Basically, since I started producing on a computer, I would just make a whole bunch of shit. I would make hip hop beats. I would make I would rap. I would make uh, scoring songs. I'd, and then when I got popular or whatever, one of my songs did well in EDM. That was just like trying it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and doing it, being like, oh wow, this is really crazy. Skrillex majorly inspired that whole thing, and and I'm like, I think I can do this if I just produce in this type of way. So, yes. Yeah kind of like putting all of the pieces of the puzzle together do you work in ableton do you work in multiple logic okay awesome. i I work in i can work in ableton yeah i I actually like it a lot yeah but logic is like blindfold yes yeah i spoke to um another producer he's on funk cases label he was here yesterday and he's like i swear by logic really and then i have my friends duke and jones they swear by logic so the people people hate on it i know a lot of people hate on it i primarily do Ableton 11 and then vocal work and like Pro Tools, but I started on Logic and Reason. Nice. So that was, I feel like that's like that stepping stone from like GarageBand into yeah, yeah, like yeah. something that's a legitimate like DAW where yeah, you yeah. can actually lay things out and work. And 
you did you have any like classical training or background in music when you were like a kid? Not really. You By just, the way, like, reason is fucking great. Reason is great. I, I used to rewire reason I was, into GarageBand. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So reason was something that was really easy for me because I'm a visual learner. Mm-hmm. So like you're literally doing like patch bay work with everything on the back end. So that's what helped me understand like when I went from like metal and rock music to where we're just studio tracking, Mm -hmm. you're mixing, mastering to like, okay, now you have to like make the sounds and post process in (laughs) the DAW. And I could understand that because it's like I'm used to working with outboard gear, then going into digital. Done. Totally easy. And then I got introduced to Ableton. I was like, I got to fucking switch to this shit. Ableton's (laughs) like an alien. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's awesome because it's like there's just infinite things you can make. And I feel like I I meet like two types of people. I meet like someone like yourself where – they just want to make music. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. We're going to score. We're going to make hip-hop beats, do some EDM stuff. Or they have a very targeted vision of exactly what, like, they, they want. And they're like, I'm going to do dubstep. I'm sure. going to do future bass. So I think each of that, I, I personally think you learn more the more that you can expand your mind and sure. take from influences from, like, other places. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah. you've had collabs with, like, Rez, like, really big artists. And, like, how did you kind of come into those circles and connect musically with like artists like Isabel? Just by being open-minded to collaboration and meeting a ton of people and just make, honestly, like staying laser focused on the craft has always, I've always been able to reap the benefits of just staying focused on making the best music ever mm-hmm. and not being a dick, yeah. you know, just, just yeah. meeting people and being friendly and then also like, but it's it's back to business. It's like I'm I just want to make music, and that's you know just making friends. Like my buddy, I remember my buddy Sean Frank sent Isabel a video from my Instagram of me singing, mm-hmm. and he was like, "You gotta do something with Nick or whatever." And I had known Isabel for a while, but um, I met her a really long time ago, actually, at, in the back of a Dead Mouse show in okay. a club in Toronto when she was just starting to get super popular on like he was the one who really put her on yes so um then she sent me the demo for what was our collaboration Mm -hmm. it just all happens you know there's really not it's not complicated yeah dead mouse thing when i did the dead mouse thing like that was just by throwing something up on soundcloud i just sang over one of his songs and then put it up yeah absolutely and it happens like and that's why it's it's always important to never burn bridges or never be mean to anyone for no freaking reason. No, it's, because it's it could take one person who's like, hey, I could idealize this very well together. You guys working. One person to connect A to B. Done. Yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like all the artists that I talk to that are like incredibly successful in multiple kind of fields like yourself are very much so as long as you stay like true to your craft and you keep working on craft like it will eventually happen Mm -hmm. you just have to be patient and keep doing what like you know you're good at and improving and learning and i'm sure like you still learn and do two new techniques like to this day and you said now you're working on like a lot of like like alt rock or like alt indie i don't know i've always been rooted in rock okay always yeah like that's how i started making music was just a guitar Mm -hmm. like acoustic um so I guess as my voice got better, I started thinking that it was more of a disservice to just only sing over like 
EDM or whatnot. So I wanted to make more stuff that was just revolved around the voice so I could just build my voice and, and sing live. That's my main thing is I love singing. Like mm. that's, I just love it so much. Anything yeah. that comes out of the mouth, whether it's rapping, singing, making noises, whatever it is, matching pitch. I just, that's my favorite thing. That's so, awesome. So yeah, it's like, it's kind of just rock influenced, like, I don't know, songs, I guess they're, they're being called alternative. Okay. I'm really, I'm really excited to like hear the next, cause everything you put out is very, you have like these different chapters, which mm -hmm. I think is so important in an artist's like maturity or like progression sure. to have those different, you know, things, especially looking at like predominantly like the electronic music field, you've seen artists try and kind of like switch it up and it's really hard for their fan base to like hop on board. So, yeah. I mean, There's are, a whole thing to that. Do too, you, you know? ever get, I guess, nervous or or you have like thought about those like, OK, if I switch up because you've always been someone to switch up. So your fan base knows that. But for sure. someone, you know, who's been releasing the same things for five years and then they want to change it and they want to go to a total left field. It's like that's a little bit hard to approach sometimes mentally if it's going to be successful or not. Sure. Sure. I guess I completely like to my own detriment, sacrificed strategy for just making what I want to make. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's definitely a game to that. And, and like, I think as I started making more left field stuff or focusing more on my, uh, more on my vocals and, and whatnot, it definitely alienates some people who are just in it for, you know, whatever they want mm -hmm. to consume from you, you yeah. know? But I just try and keep everybody happy you know i try and make a drop every now and then or i i still work on edm stuff i just put out uh, a vip of one of my more alternative songs that has a drop in it and which is super cool thanks yeah, yeah. Um, and and that kind of i saw a few artists do that where they kind of went into the realm of like r&b hip-hop where they went more poppy mm -hmm. and then the vips that they did were all like drum bass or jungle sure, or this sure. and that's a very because i feel like you can take any song like I have like some crazy Kanye West like flips for drum bass for tomorrow and like you can take any I feel like I will <laughs> like record songs pop hip-hop whatever and add your electronic spin on them whereas I feel like it's hard to go the other way I feel like in electronic music you have like records and then you have tracks and like what I feel like what I'm seeing more of in EDM more in like the underground sphere is songwriting and actual like lyrical impressions starting to go more into EDM instead of just I'm gonna take a free drop lyric from Splice I'm gonna throw it in sure, the four sure. bar measure and that's gonna be it because it's like everyone loves a good banger but at the end of the day you like see the success of like an actual song structure where you've got the verse and the pre-chorus and the bridge and all of that stuff intertwined into the drama and and i guess it's like to each their own obviously all art is biased sure it's all meant to do the same thing it's all meant to make you feel something so how, no matter how it's formatted if it does that correctly then it does it then it does yeah like heavy bass music someone could scoff at it but maybe they're just used to consuming different formats of music because heavy bass music makes people feel things the same way like Nine Inch Nails or something makes me feel like heavy rock or whatever. Yes. And the same reason why dubstep captivated me when I heard it in the first place. You can't go into it ever biased. That's absolutely. That's one thing I think that has always 
made me feel very calm and confident about it because I just never said fuck EDM. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just said like, hey, I, I love it. I just got to do this because I'm, it's calling me over here, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and there's like, there's always time to like make more art. So it's like, it's not like you're going to like run out of time to make this if you don't make something in another genre. Sure. So what were some of your like, main inspirations to get into electronic music. It's into electronic music. Yeah. I guess before I knew before it became like a movement, I was always super inspired by the prodigy. Okay, yeah. And uh like hearing techno or dance music before it became a thing, a uh, very popular was always really novelty to me. Very cool. Like mm -hmm. even just the Mortal Kombat theme. I was just yeah. like, what is this? Like, this is crazy. The sandstorm came out. Like, and we were not, like, we're music lovers in my family. So, like, me and my brother and my dad, we all, like, share music or whatnot and whatnot. We would listen predominantly to, like, 90s rock in the 90s. But then when Sandstorm came out, it was in our playlist. Yeah. Like, always. It was on CDs. It just captivated me. So, like, at a young age, it captivated me. And then when I got introduced to Skrillex around 11 or so. That was it. I mean, yeah, it was fucking crazy. Yeah. It, 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 it floored everybody. No matter what disciplines or inspirations you come from, it floored everybody. Yeah, absolutely. That's why. And, like, he's the perfect example of, I mean, you look at pop stars and you even look at somebody like Skrillex and somebody who reinvents himself. He randomly reinvents all the time. himself all the time. And that's how you have to, I guess, quote, unquote, stay relevant or whatever. I don't even know if it's, like, a, a relevancy, but... I, I hope that like term kind of starts to go away. I would love for it to go away, but it's it's really nice to see people at the forefront who do that all the time. Because I even think of like Madonna, I think of Pink, I think of all of like the pop stars. You know, they'd come out with a different look, they'd come out with a different album that's totally left field. Yeah. I mean, we just had a little Texas remix drop on Lady Gaga's freaking album, which is amazing. Yeah, that is crazy. Which actually. is amazing. Like, hitting Billboard numbers with, like, so I think it's, like, 270 BPM or some shit. Like, which is so crazy. And But it's, like, that just shows you that, like, people are open-minded. You just have to present it to them in, like, the correct format. Sure. And, like, somebody will relate to it. Like, somebody will, you know? There's just so many people out there that you're able to. You will be able to connect with someone eventually. Um, yeah. As far as, like, sync deals go, do you still compose for, you know? Yeah. Film, TV, video games. Here yeah, here. like I'm, I'm published by Ultra Publishing. They, they host like camps and whatnot where yeah. you do more trailer directed stuff. Um, it, it all depends on like what part of the year I'm in. Like I've been in album mode for the last like long time, mm -hmm. months and months. Um, but when there's time where you're not finishing an album or something, uh. Yeah, it all depends on where you want to spend your time. Like, I, I always try and be more organized than I used to be. I would just make a bunch of stuff. And then I would approach a week, like, every day this week, I'm going to make a hip-hop beat. And at the end, I'm going to have seven beats. Yeah. And, like, I'm just going to do it before I work out or something. I'm just going to make a quick beat and then polish it at night and then make it in the morning and then polish it at night. And make... So if you want to do hip-hop beats or if you want to do trailer stuff, you know, it's your choice. Sometimes you've been more inspired by certain things. Like mm -hmm. when I learned more from some of the guys that are really good at trailer stuff, yeah. then you get inspired and you're like, okay, that's fucking cool. Fucking like you awesome. never realized how fucking crazy trailer music is. Oh, absolutely. And you know? 
um, Brandon Swarm. He yeah. was like one of, because he's from Florida as well. So he, he was gets one in of the today, I think. Yes, yeah, he does. He was one of the first people who, like, when I got into EDM, he's like, let's fucking do something. Because I came from like metal. And, and his orchestration and the way that he writes is very cinematic. cinematic and, yeah, yeah, and very much so reminded me. He was the first one who was like, you got to get contact. You got to get Omnisphere. Mm-hmm. You got to get this stuff. And I was like, okay, okay. But for like, in reference to like trailer things, like, would you work off like a visual representation like are you all given things that need trailers to be written or are you writing from nothing no the visual stuff is usually for like the people that are hired to yeah. make the trailer okay like you know but but when you're trying to pitch stuff and just get it landed sometimes it has to do with like taking a song that already exists and making it more trailery okay that's that's, that's cool that's it's yeah. like um you know doing like a Metallica song or doing like, you know, Unforgiven by Metallica or something. And then you just slow it down and make it real creepy. And, you know, there's like a whole fad of time where that was happening in like every trailer. They would do heart-shaped box or they would do whatever, you know. Um, And you pretty much just choose what you're going to do. That's the easiest one to normally just tackle because you, if you know the song especially, you can kind of, how am I going to make this into a trailer thing? The other stuff is just more... The, of the original stuff, um, I guess, probably tougher. But yeah, that really has to fit like a somebody who's exactly looking for what you're writing. Yeah, but but there's a formula to it, though. Okay. There's like, you know, there's your beginning. There's almost three parts. There's the beginning, then there's the big part, then there's the back end, they call it, which is like massive. Like, you know, that's when it's... Bah, that's like the climactic. Duh, yeah. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking awesome. You can make original music like that. It actually comes out pretty sweet, and it's entertaining and stimulating as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Well, I really like the whole, that's like an exercise that I've never even thought about that I would love to do is taking like a metal song and doing a totally different orchestration. You should Taking do like it. a Whitechapel song and like slowing it down and doing something with the vocals because that would definitely like inspire inspiration. And like when you um go through those phases when you're doing trailer work are you doing all of the work or is it more a team facilitated operation well for like the camps and stuff it's it's team you get you like rotate in in and out with you have people. to learn so much though from those yeah for I sure like- i mean i've done a lot of work with my buddy mark evans um he's he's really good at it um mark evans his 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 artist name. Mark the Beast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He did yeah. a lot of mix and master work for a long time. Yeah. He's a, a lot of He's a G. Yeah. He's really good. Um, like phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. He's really, yeah. really good. And we we got into the publishing thing at the same time. Okay. So we kind of both learned about that new world or whatever at the same time. A whole time. different world. It was pretty cool. Um, awesome. But yeah, I mean, you get paired up with people, you make your own, whatever. I mean... I haven't made as much this past year as I did like last year. So you're working on an album? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it? Is it? So it's done. It's done. Oh shit. It's like done. Can't it's like it done. Anymore. It's done. Yeah. So how long have you been working on it? I don't know if I even I'm supposed to be able to talk about this, but uh, you don't have to talk about it. It's a long time okay. coming. Okay, it's a long time coming. I came out with an album in 2017 independently because okay. that's when I took like my big step. In the direction of like, I'm gonna sing and um, I'm gonna do this. Full. Never really got a chance to s- have a sequel. Yeah. Just from the jumbo of the music industry and mm-hmm. like trying to put things out here and trying to stay afloat here. Take opportunities as they come. Like, 
Yeah, I just never got that chance, so I just stockpiled. COVID was that perfect opportunity. It was great. Yeah, and, and, you know, having someone else come out with res helped a lot. And that got radio play. That was a life changer. That was one of her first songs that got radio play, Mm -hmm. which is huge. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. And and in such a new world. Like on like, oh. I know we're from different places, but like it was on my pop channels, oh, which so is crazy. fucking crazy. So crazy. You're just like alternative channel. You turn it to the pop channel. It's on their rotation. And you're just like, okay. So like we're, we're jamming to EDM now, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's different. Like we're, we're in such a bubble that you don't realize that when somebody is just listening to music. And they come across like a song like someone else. It starts off what they know about music, which is mm-hmm. songs, singing, and guitar. And then it goes into this thing that, that that could have the same effect on somebody as when we first heard Skrillex. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, like they could just be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then the voice comes back in. What the fuck? Yeah. It's it's something that is. I mean, you're going from if you go from 21 Pilots to you to Fallout Boy, you're gonna be like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. And and that's so dope. And do you write your own lyrics as well, or do you guys mm-hmm. have lyrics? That's that's super super yeah. awesome. I always think that there's something. I totally get the team vision, and I understand on certain projects you have to have other people come in. Sure. I think there's something very special about being able to write your own lyrics. And I get not, you know, it's it's that 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 point. And I know you have to go soon. No, that's okay. I was just checking the time. Oh, no, no, no. You're fine. But I, we we're, were about we're to go. We're good until anyways. I get. Okay, perfect. Um, and, yeah, so I was just curious. I, I felt like if you, you did write your lyrics, so I just wanted to ask because you never know. When I write my own lyrics, they tend to be more wacky. Yeah. They're always more wacky because there's not somebody saying like, we could probably find beat that line, which is okay. And you have to do. Yeah. Like that way you end up with probably a more refined, less flawed lyrically project. But then sometimes you just want to blab. Like on this new album, like there's so many songs where I just blab. Like I almost sound like a total crazy person. Like how, how, you know, Kurt Cobain used to write, like, it's not, Kurt Cobain would not survive in a fucking L.A. session. No, no. <laughs> He'd be like, what about drippings from the ceiling? And they'd be like, all right, nah, dude. Yeah, like, no, no. But that's like, you get to be yourself, which is special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And are you, I can't, I can't ask if you're independently releasing or not, so I'm not going to do not. that. I'm you're not. not. Okay. I signed with Hopeless Records. Oh, oh no fucking yeah, way. Yeah, just, just this album. Uh, Hell Yeah. Yeah, so Hopeless is like I grew up listening to Hopeless Records. They're, they are uh, such an incredible team. It's Ice Nine Kills, all those fucking guys. Oh my god! They, they like changed the way I viewed. Labels. Okay, now I'm like idealizing. Oh really? So mm-hmm. your experience with them was like amazing, and yeah. it still is. We still work. That's amazing. Like, no, you know, I mean, we're not, we're just at the cusp of this whole thing. <gasps> That's so exciting. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm so happy for you. I'm so glad I finally got the chance to sit down with you and talk a little bit. I love talking shop. Hell yeah. No, I just like, this is why I do this because like there's a few people who do podcasts, but you don't really get to see this other side of the artist too often unless you know them personally. And this was awesome. So I really appreciate you coming on. You know, hopefully the listeners learned some stuff. I picked your mind about some stuff I was curious about that not a lot of artists here are knowledgeable out. So thank you for coming and sharing oh, that yeah. information. Next time we'll reverse it. I'll have to ask Okay. You. Oh man. All right. I'm down for that. I know it's, it's, uh, 
Here it's more of like um when we have like that three hour time span, I get to really yeah, go back go and in. forth. Yeah. yeah. But here it's like I wanna know about you. I want everybody to know about you. And then next time we'll do it again in the future sometime and we'll just drink yeah, a lot we'll of coffee. Yeah, we'll kick it for a while. That yeah, sounds we'll good. Well, I greatly appreciate it, yeah, Nick. Thank you. Everybody check out Grab It's got an album on the way. Let's fucking do it. Exo Podcast, Lost Lands. See you. What a great episode. Thank you guys for tuning in yet again. We have Jessica on for it as well as Swarm coming up on the podcast so soon. So keep your eyes peeled. Do not forget to follow me on Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube. You know the deal. I love you guys very much. I will see you next week for another episode of the Exit Podcast.